Story twenty of Christmas Stories by Charles Dickens. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Story twenty, No Thoroughfare, Part nine. When they had hurriedly refreshed and changed, they went together to the house of business of Defresnay and Company. There they found the letter which the wine carrier had described, enclosing the tests and comparisons of handwriting essential to the discovery of the forger. Vendale's determination to press forward without resting being already taken, the only question to delay them was by what pass could they cross the Alps. Respecting the state of the two passes of the St. Gotthard and the Simplon, the guides and mule-drivers differed greatly and both passes were still far enough off to prevent the travellers from having the benefit of any recent experience of either besides which they well know that a fall of snow might altogether change the described conditions in a single hour even if they were correctly stated but on the whole the simplon appearing to be the hopefuler route vendale decided to take it obenreizer bore little or no part in the discussion and scarcely spoke to geneva to lausanne along the level margin of the lake to vevy so into the winding valley between the spurs of the mountains and into the valley of the rhone the sound of the carriage wheels as they rattled on through the day through the night became as the wheels of a great clock recording the hours no change of weather varied the journey after it had hardened into a sullen frost in a sombre yellow sky they saw the alpine ranges and they saw enough of snow on nearer and much lower hilltops and hillsides to sully by contrast the purity of lake torrent and waterfall and make the villages look discoloured and dirty but no snow fell nor was there any snowdrift on the road the stalking along the valley of more or less of white mist changing on their hair and dress into icicles was the only variety between them and the gloomy sky and still by day and still by night the wheels and still they rolled in the hearing of one of them to the burden altered from the burden of the rhine the time is gone for robbing him alive and i must murder him they came at length to the poor little town of brieg at the foot of the simplon they came there after dark but yet could see how dwarfed men's works and men became with the immense mountains towering over them here they must lie for the night and here was warmth of fire and lamp and dinner and wine and after conference resounding with guides and drivers no human creature had come across the pass for four days the snow above the snow-line was too soft for wheeled carriage and not hard enough for sledge there was snow in the sky there had been snow in the sky for days past and the marvel was that it had not fallen and the certainty was that it must fall no vehicle could cross the journey might be tried on mules or it might be tried on foot but the best guides must be paid danger price in either case and that too whether they succeeded in taking the two travellers across or turned for safety and brought them back in this discussion obenreizer bore no part whatever he sat silently smoking by the fire until the room was cleared and vendale referred to him bah i am weary of these poor devils and their trade he said in reply always the same story it is the story of their trade to-day as it was the story of their trade when i was a ragged boy 
what do you and i want we want a knapsack each and a mountain staff each we want no guide we should guide him he would not guide us we leave our portmanteaus here and we cross together we have been on the mountains together before now and i am mountain-born and i know this pass pass rather high road by heart we will leave these poor devils in pity to trade with others but they must not delay us to make a pretence of earning money which is all they mean vendale glad to be quit of the dispute and to cut the knot active adventurous bent on getting forward and therefore very susceptible to the last hint readily assented within two hours they had purchased what they wanted for the expedition had packed their knapsacks and lay down to sleep at break of day they found half the town collected in the narrow street to see them depart the people talked together in groups the guides and drivers whispered apart and looked up at the sky no one wished them a good journey as they began the ascent a gleam of sun shone from the otherwise unaltered sky and for a moment turned the tin spires of the town to silver a good omen said vendale though it died out while he spoke perhaps our example will open the pass on this side no we shall not be followed returned obenreizer looking up at the sky and back at the valley we shall be alone up yonder on the mountain the road was fair enough for stout walkers and the air grew lighter and easier to breathe as the two ascended but the settled gloom remained as it had remained for days back nature seemed to have come to a pause the sense of hearing no less than the sense of sight was troubled by having to wait so long for the change whatever it might be that impended the silence was as palpable and heavy as the lowering clouds or rather cloud for there seemed to be but one in all the sky and that one covering the whole of it although the light was thus dismally shrouded the prospect was not obscured down in the valley of the rhone behind them the stream could be traced through all its many windings oppressively sombre and solemn in its one leaden hue a colourless waste far and high above them glaciers and suspended avalanches overhung the spots where they must pass by and by deep and dark below them on their right were awful precipice and roaring torrent tremendous mountains arose on every vista the gigantic landscape uncheered by a touch of changing light or a solitary ray of sun was yet terribly distinct in its ferocity the hearts of the two lonely men might shrink a little if they had to win their way for miles and hours among a legion of silent and motionless men mere men like themselves all looking at them with fixed and frowning front but how much more when the legion is of nature's mightiest works and the frown may turn to fury in an instant as they ascended the road became gradually more rugged and difficult but the spirits of vendale rose as they mounted higher leaving so much more of the road behind them conquered obenreizer spoke little and held on with a determined purpose both in respect of agility and endurance were well qualified for the expedition whatever the born mountaineer read in the weather tokens that was illegible to the other he kept to himself shall we get across to-day asked vendale 
no replied the other you see how much deeper the snow lies here than it lay half a league lower the higher we mount the deeper the snow will lie walking is half wading even now and the days are so short if we get as high as the fifth refuge and lie to-night at the hospice we shall do well is there no danger of the weather rising in the night asked vendale anxiously and snowing us up there is danger enough about us said obenreizer with a cautious glance onward and upward to render silence our best policy you have heard of the bridge of the ganther i have crossed it once in the summer yes in the travelling season yes but it is another thing at this season with a sneer as though he were out of temper this is not a time of year or a state of things on an alpine pass that you gentlemen holiday travellers know much about you are my guide said vendale good-humouredly i trust to you i am your guide said obenreizer and i will guide you to your journey's end there is the bridge before us they had made a turn into a desolate and dismal ravine where the snow lay deep below them deep above them deep on every side while speaking obenreizer stood pointing at the bridge and observing vendale's face with a very singular expression on his own if i as guide had sent you over there in advance and encouraged you to give a shout or two you might have brought down upon yourself tons and tons and tons of snow that would not only have struck you dead but buried you deep at a blow no doubt said vendale no doubt but that is not what i have to do as guide so pass silently or going as we go our indiscretion might else crush and bury me let us get on there was a great accumulation of snow on the bridge and such enormous accumulations of snow overhung them from projecting masses of rock that they might have been making their way through a stormy sky of white clouds using his staff skilfully sounding as he went and looking upward with bent shoulders as it were to resist the mere idea of a fall from above obenreizer softly led vendale closely followed they were yet in the midst of their dangerous way when there came a mighty rush followed by a sound as of thunder obenreizer clapped his hand on vendale's mouth and pointed to the track behind them its aspect had been wholly changed in a moment an avalanche had swept over it and plunged into the torrent at the bottom of the gulf below their appearance at the solitary inn not far above this terrible bridge elicited many expressions of astonishment from the people shut up in the house we stay but to rest said obenreizer shaking the snow from his dress at the fire this gentleman has very pressing occasion to get across tell them vendale assuredly i have very pressing occasion i must cross you hear all of you my friend has very pressing occasion to get across and we want no advice and no help i am as good a guide my fellow-countrymen as any of you now give us to eat and drink in exactly the same way and in nearly the same words when it was coming on dark and they had struggled through the greatly increased difficulties of the road and had at last reached their destination for the night obenreizer said to the astonished people of the hospice gathering about them at the fire while they were yet in the act of getting their wet shoes off and shaking the snow from their clothes 
it is well to understand one another friends all this gentleman has said vendale readily taking him up with a smile very pressing occasion to get across must cross you hear has a very pressing occasion to get across must cross we want no advice and no help i am mountain-born and act as guide do not worry us by talking about it but let us have supper and wine and bed all through the intense cold of the night the same awful stillness again at sunrise no sunny tinge to gild or redden the snow the same interminable waste of deathly white the same immovable air the same monotonous gloom in the sky travellers a friendly voice called to them from the door after they were afoot knapsack on back and staff in hand as yesterday recollect there are five places of shelter near together on the dangerous road before you and there is the wooden cross and there is the next hospice do not stray from the track if the tormente comes on take shelter instantly the trade of these poor devils said obenreizer to his friend with a contemptuous backward wave of his hand towards the voice how they stick to their trade you englishmen say we swiss are mercenary truly it does look like it they had divided between the two knapsacks such refreshments as they had been able to obtain that morning and as they deemed it prudent to take obenreizer carried the wine as his share of the burden vendale the bread and meat and cheese and the flask of brandy they had for some time laboured upward and onward through the snow which was now above their knees and the track and of unknown depth elsewhere and they were still labouring upward and onward through the most frightful part of that tremendous desolation when snow began to fall at first but a few flakes descended slowly and steadily after a little while the fall grew much denser and suddenly it began without apparent cause to whirl itself into spiral shapes instantly ensuing upon this last change an icy blast came roaring at them and every sound and force imprisoned until now was let loose one of the dismal galleries through which the road is carried at that perilous point a cave eked out by arches of great strength was near at hand they struggled into it and the storm raged wildly the noise of the wind the noise of the water the thundering down of displaced masses of rock and snow the awful voices with which not only that gorge but every gorge in the whole monstrous range seemed to be suddenly endowed the darkness as of night the violent revolving of the snow which beat and broke it into spray and blinded them the madness of everything around insatiate for destruction the rapid substitution of furious violence for unnatural calm and hosts of appalling sounds for silence these were things on the edge of a deep abyss to chill the blood though the fierce wind made actually solid by ice and snow had failed to chill it obenreizer walked to and fro in the gallery without ceasing signed to vendale to help him unbuckle his knapsack they could see each other but could not have heard each other speak vendale complying obenreizer produced his bottle of wine and poured some out motioning vendale to take that for warmth's sake and not brandy vendale again complying obenreizer seemed to drink after him and the two walked backwards and forwards side by side 
both well knowing that to rest or sleep would be to die the snow came driving heavily into the gallery by the upper end at which they would pass out of it if they ever passed out for greater dangers lay on the road behind them than before the snow soon began to choke the arch an hour more and it lay so high as to block out half the returning daylight but it froze hard now as it fell and could be clambered through or over the violence of the mountain storm was gradually yielding to a steady snowfall the wind still raged at intervals but not incessantly and when it paused the snow fell in heavy flakes they might have been two hours in their frightful prison when obenreizer now crunching into the mound now creeping over it with his head bowed down and his body touching the top of the arch made his way out vendale followed close upon him but followed without clear motive or calculation for the lethargy of basil was creeping over him again and mastering his senses how far he had followed out of the gallery or with what obstacles he had since contended he knew not he became roused to the knowledge that obenreizer had set upon him and that they were struggling desperately in the snow he became roused to the remembrance of what his assailant carried in a girdle he felt for it drew it struck at him struggled again struck at him again cast him off and stood face to face with him i promised to guide you to your journey's end said obenreizer and i have kept my promise the journey of your life ends here nothing can prolong it you are sleeping as you stand you are a villain what have you done to me you are a fool i have drugged you you are doubly a fool for i drugged you once before upon the journey to try you you are trebly a fool for i am the thief and forger and in a few moments i shall take those proofs against the thief and forger from your insensible body the entrapped man tried to throw off the lethargy but its fatal hold upon him was so sure that even while he heard these words he stupidly wondered which of them had been wounded and whose blood it was that he saw sprinkled on the snow what have i done to you he asked heavily and thickly that you should be so base a murderer done to me you would have destroyed me but that you have come to your journey's end your cursed activity interposed between me and the time i had counted on in which i might have replaced the money done to me you have come in my way not once not twice but again and again and again did i try to shake you off in the beginning or no you were not to be shaken off therefore you die here vendale tried to think coherently tried to speak coherently tried to pick up the iron-shod staff he had let fall failing to touch it tried to stagger on without its aid all in vain all in vain he stumbled and fell heavily forward on the brink of the deep chasm stupefied dozing unable to stand upon his feet a veil before his eyes his sense of hearing deadened he made such a vigorous rally that supporting himself on his hands he saw his enemy standing calmly over him and heard him speak you call me murderer said obenreizer with a grim laugh the name matters very little but at least i have set my life against yours for i am surrounded by dangers and may never make my way out of this place 
the tormonte is rising again the snow is on the whirl i must have the papers now every moment has my life in it stop cried vendale in a terrible voice staggering up with a last flash of fire breaking out of him and clutching the thievish hands at his breast in both of his stop stand away from me god bless my marguerite happily she will never know how i died stand off from me and let me look at your murderous face let it remind me of something left to say the sight of him fighting so hard for his senses and the doubt whether he might not for the instant be possessed by the strength of a dozen men kept his opponent still wildly glaring at him vendale faltered out the broken words it shall not be the trust of the dead betrayed by me reputed parents misinherited fortune see to it as his head dropped on his breast and he stumbled on the brink of the chasm as before the thievish hands went once more quick and busy to his breast he made a convulsive attempt to cry no desperately rolled himself over into the gulf and sank away from his enemy's touch like a phantom in a dreadful dream the mountain storm raged again and passed again the awful mountain voices died away the moon rose and the soft and silent snow fell two men and two large dogs came out at the door of the hospice the men looked carefully around them and up at the sky the dogs rolled in the snow and took it into their mouths and cast it up with their paws one of the men said to the other we may venture now we may find them in one of the five refuges each fastened on his back a basket each took in his hand a strong piked pole each girded under his arms a looped end of a stout rope so that they were tied together suddenly the dogs desisted from their gambols in the snow stood looking down the ascent put their noses up put their noses down became greatly excited and broke into a deep loud bay together the two men looked in the faces of the two dogs the two dogs looked with at least equal intelligence in the faces of the two men oh secure then help to the rescue cried the two men the two dogs with a glad deep generous bark bounded away two more mad ones said the men stricken motionless and looking away in the moonlight is it possible in such weather and one of them a woman each of the dogs had the corner of a woman's dress in his mouth and drew her along she fondled their heads as she came up and she came up through the snow with an accustomed tread not so the large man with her who was spent and winded dear guides dear friends of travellers i am of your country we seek two gentlemen crossing the pass who should have reached the hospice this evening they have reached it mademoiselle thank heaven oh thank heaven but unhappily they have gone on again we are setting forth to seek them even now we had to wait until the tumonte passed it has been fearful up here dear guides dear friends of travellers let me go with you let me go with you for the love of god one of those gentlemen is to be my husband i love him oh so dearly oh so dearly you see i am not faint you see i am not tired i am born a peasant girl 
i will show you that i know well how to fasten myself to your ropes i will do it with my own hands i will swear to be brave and good but let me go with you let me go with you if any mischance should have befallen him my love would find him when nothing else could on my knees dear friends of travellers by the love your dear mothers had for your fathers the good rough fellows were moved after all they murmured to one another she speaks but the truth she knows the ways of the mountains see how marvellously she has come here but as to monsieur there mademoiselle dear mr joey said marguerite addressing him in his own tongue you will remain at the house and wait for me will you not if i knowed which o you two recommended it growled joey ladle eyeing the two men with great indignation i'd fight you for sixpence and give you half a crown towards your expenses no miss i'll stick by you as long as there's any sticking left in me and i'll die for you when i can't do better the state of the moon rendering it highly important that no time should be lost and the dog showing signs of great uneasiness the two men quickly took their resolution the rope that yoked them together was exchanged for a longer one the party were secured marguerite second and the cellarman last and they set out for the refuges the actual distance of those places was nothing the whole five and the next hospice to boot being within two miles but the ghastly way was whitened out and sheeted over they made no miss in reaching the gallery where the two had taken shelter the second storm of wind and snow had so wildly swept over it since that their tracks were gone but the dogs went to and fro with their noses down and were competent the party stopping however at the further arch where the second storm had been especially furious and where the drift was deep the dogs became troubled and went about and about in quest of a lost purpose the great abyss being known to lie on the right they wandered too much to the left and had to regain the way with infinite labour through a deep field of snow the leader of the line had stopped it and was taking note of the landmarks when one of the dogs fell to tearing up the snow a little before them advancing and stooping to look at it thinking that some one might be overwhelmed there they saw that it was stained and that the stain was red the other dog was now seen to look over the brink of the gulf with his four legs straightened out lest he should fall into it and to tremble in every limb then the dog who had found the stained snow joined him and then they ran to and fro distressed and whining finally they both stopped on the brink together and setting up their heads howled dolefully there is some one lying below said marguerite i think so said the foremost man stand well inward the two last and let us look over the last man kindled two torches from his basket and handed them forward the leader taking one and marguerite the other they looked down now shading the torches now moving them to the right or left now raising them now depressing them as moonlight far below contended with black shadows a piercing cry from marguerite broke a long silence my god on a projecting point where a wall of ice stretches forward over the torrent i see a human form where mademoiselle where see there on the shelf of ice below the dogs the leader with a sickened aspect drew inward and they were all silent 
but they were not all inactive for marguerite with swift and skilful fingers had detached both herself and him from the rope in a few seconds show me the baskets these two are the only ropes the only ropes here mademoiselle but at the hospice if he is alive i know it is my lover he will be dead before you can return dear guides blessed friend of travellers look at me watch my hands if they falter or go wrong make me your prisoner by force if they are steady and go right help me to save him she girded herself with a cord under the breast and arms she formed it into a kind of jacket she drew it into knots she laid its end side by side with the end of the other cord she twisted and twined the two together she knotted them together she set her foot upon the knots she strained them she held them for the two men to strain at she is inspired they said to one another by the almighty's mercy she exclaimed you both know that i am by far the lighter here give me the brandy and the wine and lower me down to him then go for assistance and a stronger rope you see that when it is lowered to me look at this about me now i can make it fast and safe to his body alive or dead i will bring him up or die with him i love him passionately can i say more they turned to her companion but he was lying senseless on the snow lower me down to him she said taking two little kegs they had brought and hanging them about her or i will dash myself to pieces i am a peasant and i know no giddiness or fear and this is nothing to me and i passionately love him lower me down mamselle mamselle he must be dying or dead dying or dead my husband's head shall lie upon my breast or i will dash myself to pieces they yielded overborne with such precautions as their skill and the circumstances admitted they let her slip from the summit guiding herself down the precipitous icy wall with her hand and they lowered down and lowered down and lowered down until the cry came up enough is it really he and is he dead they called down looking over the cry came up he is insensible but his heart beats it beats against mine how does he lie the cry came up upon a ledge of ice it has thawed beneath him and it will thaw beneath me hasten if we die i am content one of the two men hurried off with the dogs at such topmost speed as he could make the other set up the lighted torches in the snow and applied himself to recovering the englishman much snow-chafing and some brandy got him on his legs but delirious and quite unconscious where he was the watch remained upon the brink and his cry went down continually courage they will soon be here how goes it and the cry came up his heart still beats against mine i warm him in my arms i have cast off the rope for the ice melts under us and the rope would separate me from him but i am not afraid the moon went down behind the mountain tops and all the abyss lay in darkness the cry went down how goes it the cry came up we are sinking lower but his heart still beats against mine at length the eager barking of the dogs and a flare of light upon the snow proclaimed that help was coming on twenty or thirty men lamps torches litters ropes blankets wood to kindle a great fire restoratives and stimulants came in fast 
the dogs ran from one man to another and from this thing to that and ran to the edge of the abyss dumbly entreating speed 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 the cry went down thanks be to god all is ready how goes it the cry came up we are sinking still and we are deadly cold his heart no longer beats against mine let no one come down to add to our weight lower the rope only the fire was kindled high a great glare of torches lighted the sides of the precipice lamps were lowered a strong rope was lowered she could be seen passing it around him and making it secure the cry came up into a deathly silence raise softly they could see her diminished figure shrink as he was swung into the air they gave no shout when some of them laid him on a litter and others lowered another strong rope the cry came up again into a deathly silence raise softly but when they caught her at the brink then they shouted then they wept then they gave thanks to heaven then they kissed her feet then they kissed her dress then the dogs caressed her licked her icy hands and with their honest faces warmed her frozen bosom she broke from them all and sank over him on his litter with both her loving hands upon the heart that stood still End of story 20, part 9